0: So I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. If you would, let's go to 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4. Then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 10. But Let's go to 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4. When you get it, just stand to your feet for the reading and the reverence of the word of God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, neighbor I, got I got victory. Look at your other neighbor and say it like you mean it. Say, Neighbor, I got, I, got, I got victory. Amen. Praise God. There's probably nothing worse than a defeated Christian. Anybody ever seen a defeated Christian? I mean, it's, always, it's just always, they, they got something, they got an excuse for everything they can't do. And uh, they, no matter what it is, they just have that defeated mind. And I'm going to tell you right now, the enemy wants you to have that defeated mind. Matter of fact, the enemy wants to keep you on delay. Anybody ever hate to be delayed? Amen. He wants to keep you on delay. And so, uh, so we're going to start a new series tonight called Victory. Amen. And uh, it, it's still God's plan in your life. To bring victory. I need y'all to hear me. It's still God's plan in your life to bring you victory. Amen. And sometimes it don't look like it. Anybody ever been when it don't look like it? First John 5 and 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Come on, somebody. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Amen. Let's go to uh, to 1 Corinthians. Got a little bit of scriptures here to read. Y'all hang with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse number 13. Tell me when you're there. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Come on, somebody. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Let's go to one more. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 20, 1 through 4. Deuteronomy chapter 21 through 4. Deuteronomy 20, 1 through 4. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy, Polly, Deuteronomy 21 through (laughs) 4. Hallelujah. Y'all have it? When you go out to battle against your enemies, look at your neighbor and say, everybody's got an enemy. enemy. Look at them. Look at them and say, and it's not you. you. See, our problem is a lot of times is we fight too low. And the reason why I know we fight too low is because we fight amongst each other. And so we need to raise it up higher. Come on, somebody. We need to fight where the real battle is going on. We need to go up higher. Amen. The Bible says, when, when you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. So it shall be, when you are on the verge of battle, that the priest shall approach and speak to the people, and he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today. You are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid and do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he who gives, he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies To save you. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we ask you that you would move in this house tonight. Lord, let this word, God, do what it was designed to do. Heavenly Father, let it move in this place tonight and let it touch people, let it touch lives, uh, let it be restoration, let it restore. When they walk out of this place, Father, Lord, let them grab a hold of something tonight that would change their lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. May be seated. Give me just a few minutes of your time. I want to talk to you tonight. On victory amen and you know too many times we have this mentality a lot of times about a lot of things that well God just not for me you know and or if we go through, anybody ever go through something and you get to a certain place and then all of a sudden uh, the things begin to change and then when it begins to change we say stuff like this well I guess it just wasn't God's will devil sure is fighting. And before you know it, we completely and 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 look, it's not that it wasn't God's will, but maybe it's not God's place. Maybe he has some If God ever told you to do something, amen, and if you begin to listen, Okay, the, the Bible says it like this because I was looking this up. I was reading today. The Bible said that when Jesus fed the 5,000, that he looked at his disciples and he told his disciples, and this is what the Bible said, King James, said he made his disciples get into a boat to go to the other side. And that word made, I, I looked at it and I thought, man, he, he didn't ask them. He made them. And that word mean, made means with urgency. And there will sometimes times that God will speak to your life, and he speaks in urgency, but so many times, we're too busy trying to figure out, what did I go wrong? What's going on with my life? Well, I thought it would be easier than this. And we go through those places, and God's trying to lead us into victory. God has never put us in a place that he never promised us victory. If we're in a place sometimes in our life and there is no victory, it is not. It is not because God looked down and said, okay, you know, I'm just going to teach him a lesson. Let me tell you something. God's not playing around with your destiny. Let me say that again. God's not playing around with your destiny. And sometimes we think that God, well, he just, he, he just, he, 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 just smashing my life all up. And at the same time, the enemy wants you to think like that because when you think like that, you'll have a victorious mind. Every battle that you ever go through, you got to understand this. He's already won it. Come on, somebody. Every battle you go through, God has already won this battle. He has just chose this time and this day for you to walk through it and for you to secure what God has already said for you to do. So he's talking to the children of Israel, and they're in this place and trying to figure out where do I go next? Matter of fact, one time they even looked at Moses and said, "Because there was no more grazing in Egypt, you brought us out here to the desert to kill us all." See, when you don't walk in that uttermost power of victory, to know that when God spoke to you and when God told you, you got to you got to act with urgency. Our problem is, listen, 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 listen. Our problem is, is that there there is a window, and there's a time for everything that God speaks. That's why the Bible says that, that, uh, that God framed the world with his words. That word frame, you know what a frame is? It's, it's something that you hold a picture. You know why you take a picture? Because that's a moment that you took that snapshot and you hung it up there. Every There's every place in your life that God has framed some places of your life and there were some places of your life that are so big and they are so momentous but a lot of times what we're doing is we're playing around in the devil's playground and just bummed out because we don't feel like that God has chose us or God has pushed us or God has grabbed a hold of us and I want you to know what the enemy's plan for 2020 was was to distract the church to get the church disturbed his biggest plan for 2020 was to put you on delay I'm telling you I'm telling you right now, the whole world is on delay. We are waiting. Uh, uh, most of us are, are waiting on Amazon Prime. And there's been times when I've, I, I have, there have been times when i drove by that uh, railroad track and I've seen that railroad with all of them uh, 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 bins and bars, I think, there's my stuff right there. And 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 I, I, I realized that what I'm doing is I'm feeding into the enemy. I'm telling you right now, this revival that's coming up on the church, God is going to use the church. You hear me right now. He's going to use a triumphant church. And when it looks like that we've been broke down, when it looks like that we won't ever get back up, God said, this is the generation I want to use. I want to make sure when it looks like their life has gone completely out of them, I'm going to make them the Lazarus generation. When they've been in the grave and they thought it's too late and everybody's wondering where i might. I'm going to show up four days late and I'm going to put a revival upon their lives. I'm going to blow it in with the four winds. I'm going to let the glory of God begin to move and begin to present who I am and I'm going to cause this broken down and battered generation to rise up out of the ashes and to have a revival that sets the captives free. I need to tell somebody right now we don't need another revival to build a building. We don't need another revival to build a a children's uh, place. We need a revival that will save souls. And those kinds of revivals, it comes because there's been hard pressure upon your lives. Those kinds of revival-saving souls, it's a travailing spirit. There's not a woman in this place that ever laid down to have a baby that they did not feel something a travailing, that didn't go through nine months of her body changing and things going on. And I'm telling you right now, when you feel like that there's something different and there's something changing and you just don't know why, you don't understand, I'm telling you right now that God has got you into a place that victory has has already called your name out. God has already stamped his blood of of approval upon your life, and God is moving you through places that you never thought you could go through. He took the children of Israel. He took them at at a perfect time in their lives. He waited until the oppressors pushed upon them. It started out with just Joseph and then it grew to his brothers and his dad. Next thing you know, next thing you know, then, then it began to grow up into like 1.5 million people. And God waited. He waited for a certain time, a certain frame. Listen to me. I know some of you feel like, well, I wish God would deliver me right now. Let me tell you something. You got to have a delivered mind. No matter what you're going through, you got to have a delivered mind. And when you walk through a battle and you walk through it with a delivered mind, things will change. Look at your neighbor and say they'll change. Because it's how we handle a season will determine what we get from it. See, every place in your life, every season is different. Now, sometimes it's hard to tell one season from another, but you know what season you're in. When you begin to walk through it, you understand exactly what season you're going through. And we have to understand how you handle this thing, how you handle the pressure, how you handle the obstacles that come upon your life. God will allow things to happen to you. The Bible said that he will allow no more than what you can go through. And I'm telling you right now, if you're going through it and you got up today, guess what? God has chose you to go through this. If you got up this morning and opened up your eyes, you are at a place that God has said you don't want. I have chosen them. I have called them. I have fulfilled them. But the thing about it is, is we get to church and all of a sudden we think, man, praise God, I'm saved. I ain't ever going to have any more problems. <laughs> Whatever. Now you got a target on your back. But now you have to understand that you're not doing this alone. See, before you was doing it all by yourself. But now you got the king of kings. Come on, somebody. You got the seawalker. You got the lion tamer. Come on. You got the man that would call the dead up out of the ground. He is walking beside you every step of the way. And he is looking. And he is determining. And he knows that victory is yours. It's we just haven't figured that part out. And when we don't figure that part out, did you know what happens? We become worthless and the enemy just sets back and he wants us to keep going to church. He wants us to keep crying about it. He wants to, because, because when we get worthless about it, we quit praying about it. See, if you quit praying about it and you start trying to do it yourself, that's what the enemy is banking on. He is banking on you getting into a position in your life where you think, okay, I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. I, I got to figure something out. I can't do this anymore. And the thing about it is, really the only thing you got to do is get on your knees and stay on your knees. See, the old church used to believe in prayer. Listen, now the new church just wants somebody to come lay their hands on them and just tell them it's okay. They want to be able to come in and nothing bother them. Everybody say, I love, the I love the preacher. The millennials, now I won't stay on this long, but the millennials are those that absolutely think that they are entitled to everything but they don't want to do nothing. Some of y'all thinking he might shine his mouth. never seen. We have never seen a generation like what we are seeing right now. I'm telling you right now we have never seen a generation where more word more worship more churches I mean at a push of a button you can watch any kind of church you want to watch on your phone at any kind of a button or at the button I mean you can read any version of the word but the thing about it is is we get tired we get bored and we get to that place where we don't think that we're called or we get to that professional Christianity place so where we think we we got it figured it out. If I just do it this way, well, if I do it this way, if I do it that way, then I'm okay. And the thing about it is that God is not wanting you just to do it some way. He's wanting you to get closer. He's wanting to draw you. And the enemy's trying to fool you and tell you that there's more against you than there is for you. But I'm telling you right now, there are more angels in heaven than there ever was in hell. Because the Bible says that God begins to move, and one can send a thousand, and two can send ten thousand. But if we have this uh, frame of mind and we understand that whatever task we've been called to, God has already handed us the victory slip. Somebody hear me tonight. (coughs) He's already handed you the victory slip. It's if we choose to read it or not. If we choose to believe it or not. Some of us go through things in our childhood Some of us go through things in our adolescence. Some of us go through things in our 50s, and I'll be there in June. Some of us go through places of our life that we look back on some of them and we think, you know what, if that hadn't happened to me, then I wouldn't have made this decision. If that person hadn't left, I'd have never met this. If I hadn't went through this place in my life at this time, I wouldn't be here right now. Some of us need to understand that God has laid your destiny out and he has spoken into your life. And the more you read his word and the more you begin to pray, then the more you begin to see what God wants for you. But a lot of times we're just wanting to see what we want for us what we want sometimes is not what God has called us to do. See, God's called us to be lights. Listen, listen, listen. When I say light, I'm not talking about putting a battery in. I'm talking about the fire of God coming down upon your life. The Bible said that he told him that the that the lamp should not go out in the temple, but it should burn continuously every single day. And I want you to know right now, we have got to learn to tend the fire. Look at your neighbor and say, "Tend the fire!" Hallelujah! My daddy, when I was growing up, he, he, he lit a fire one time, and that was it. He never struck another match. All he ever done was took that old poker and he put it in there and rolled it around and looked like it was all dry coals, and then he rolled. Folded around until them gray coals turned into red, and then he took and he put some kindling in it, and then he went like this. <sighs> See, when you allow God's Holy Spirit to blow upon your life, you have to understand that that fire that God has put in you, your job now is to tend the fire. I know some days it, it, it don't feel like getting up and stirring nothing up. I know. I know some days, I know some of y'all are probably thinking, well, you know, that's the preacher. He's got every day all right. I'm telling you right now, we all go through things in our own battles at times, and God brings us through things that we thought would literally destroy us but because we held on and because we know that it's the victory of God. It's never been about what we could do. It's never been about what we have said, but it's always been about God's timing. Moses is leading these, these men out. He's getting them ready, going into battle, and he's telling them, look, don't you focus on the horse and the chariots. That has surrounded you. A lot of times we see things surround us, we think, uh oh. I don't know if I can do this. He said, He said, when you, listen, He said, when you go into battle, do not look and focus on how many horses showed up or on how many chariots are there and don't even focus on your enemy that has showed up to fight for you or fight against you because he said God has led you and God will fight your enemy himself listen to me he'll fight your enemy himself listen to me he'll fight your enemy himself somebody hear me he will fight your enemy himself I'm telling you right now if you Get enough word in you and you go to sleep at night, the word of God to God in you, it fights the devil while you're asleep. It fights the devil when you think you can't. When the word of God begins to go in you, it fights for you. It fights for you. We are wearing ourselves out at times, trying to figure it out. I remember coming up to the point to getting this building. When we walked over to get this building, the first thing I thought of was, I ain't got no money to buy no building. And I went over and I talked to the lady who had the building and she told me how much she wanted. I almost just folded everything up and walked out because I knew there was no way. There was no way. But as I begin to stay there and talk to her, and we begin to talk more and more, she said, bring me back if you would. She said, come back and talk to me next week. She said, bring me a vision statement of what you want this church to be, of what's going to happen in this church. You know what? When I went home, do you know what? For, for like two or three days, I couldn't even think of my own vision statement because, because I was so worried and so just just. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't know what I'm gonna do. So when I sit down and I begin to think about it, I wrote my vision statement down, and I went back, and I talked to that lady. Listen to me. Listen to me. It was within 30 minutes. I had the keys to the place, and I come walking over here, amen, and we looked around, and I said, this used to be one of those dry cleaners. I mean, there was, we got big, there was big old machines all over this place. In, in here, there was another wall going all the way through. We had to tear out the wall and make it open. There was machines out there and come over, and I began to look, and me and Anna did, and we figured out that, Exactly what we wanted to do. And here's the thing at that moment, I'm walking around like this. <laughs> Somebody, I got this. I got this. Until I realized that now I got to face the city of Pittsburgh. <laughs> it took one year. Listen to me. We, we couldn't even step foot in this building to do anything b- besides have people to work on it for one year. There was so much stuff that was going on. And then at that time, after we got everything done, then we had to have the fire marshal to come down and do some things. I was nervous again. He walked in, walked through, and said, hey, looks good to see you, and walked out. <laughs> and I realized that through this whole process, God had his victory on my life. The thing that I made with this young lady, elderly lady, but young lady, she's a good lady, said I'll take the building for two years, and after two years, I will go find financing. Listen to this. We got into this building. It was wall to wall. It come two years, I'm preaching to 200 people. Two years comes on, I'm preaching to about 65. They all left me. I screamed too loud. We're coming up to the point. Matter of fact, she's calling. I mean, she's, where's my money? Literally, (laughs) where's my money? In the bank. God began to move and things begin to happen. I'm telling you right now I know and I understand the other side of the perspective. I have to tell you something. I sat over there in the restaurant over there and I looked out the window and one day while I was looking out the window God said that's your building. I'm sitting there and I got a salt shaker in my hand and I mean I, 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 my hand just starts shaking like this. I, I put my hand down. I, I kid you not there was another guy that, that was there with me and I stood up out of my seat and I looked and I didn't say it you don't like loud or nothing like that but I did say it so others could hear me because they thought I was crazy and I pointed my finger and I said that's my building I spoke it into the atmosphere. Do not listen to him. If God tells you to do something, do not ever be afraid to speak it because if God created this thing with his words and now the power of life is in your tongue, did you know you could bring your dead destiny back to life? Did you know that those things in your life that has failed or walked away, you can speak life right back into them? Literally. Sitting here looking at everything that God's doing in your lives. Some of you, I've been with you through some of the hardest things of your life, and I've had to tell you it's victory. Some of you, I've had to sit and hold your hand while you cried. Some of you, I've sat on the other end of the phone and couldn't do a thing about it. But tell you, God's going to bring you through it. And I know sometimes that's the last thing you want to hear when you're going through stuff. But I'm telling you right now, I don't care what it looks like. And I don't know about you. But I got my mind made up. I'm not failing this. I got my mind made up. I'm going to make it. Come on, somebody. If I got to put up a tent, hallelujah, and not a dime to my name. I know one thing right now. That the lion tamer will come into the lion's den and tame the lions. I know know that the great worker will reach down into the fish's mouth and pull out the coin if I need it. I want you to know that we have to stand in complete victory. God has called us into victory. And I'll just go ahead and say it. Pittsburgh, Kansas, you belong to God. You're going to move over, devil, and God will take this place. Thing about it is we're sitting sometimes and we're trying to figure out how we're gonna do this, how we're gonna get this done. Quit looking at what has opposed you. You have already won. I need I need to tell somebody, you have already won. Sometimes you do go through tough things. And there are times that you question whether you're even living right. Let me, let me, let me just tell you something. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor my seed begging bread. And I want you to know right now that whoever I'm talking to, maybe to the camera, you're in the fight of your life right now. And you're at a place where you're either going to live or die. And you're at a place you're not even strong enough to make up your own mind what you need to do. But that is a place when God works best. And he shows up in your life. And he turns things around. And he puts you on a solid pathway. And he tells you victory is already yours. Because this is the thing that overcometh the world. It is your faith. Never seen so many faithless Christians in my life. Until you get on Facebook and you start reading some of their posts. And it's just like, listen, your faith has to grow. The Bible says in Genesis that every man was giving a seed of faith. Okay, and Jesus tells us that just a mustard seed of faith will move mountains. (laughs) My God. I mean, half of us are just breathing on the breath of faith. (gasps) I ain't got a seed. We just got, (sighs) I got faith. Listen to me, can you imagine if you really get this down in you? That it's not, listen, it's not determined. God did not save you determined if you would be good. He saved you knowing good and well, you're a lot of work. (laughs) he pulled you up out of that place that you was in knowing good and well he was he was going to spend every day with you at your life knowing good and well that the days he's going to have to pat you on the back. In those days he knows he's going to pick you up. He's going to have to carry you. He he, he, he knows when he saved you and he put you in the place that he's in. But one thing he did give you was victory. I'm telling you right now he never called you into any battle that you, that you would have to think, I wonder if I'm going to win it. If you would change the way you think about what you're fighting, I'm telling you right now, you wouldn't have to think, well, I wonder if I'm going to do it. You would get up every day and say, I'm going to do it again, devil. I'm going to do it again, devil. I'm going higher today. I'm not staying the same today. I'm going to another level. Let me tell you something. Some of us are stuck at one level because on the higher level is a bigger devil. And when you go up higher, that means that God has moved you. He has called you. He has pointed you through it and you got to stand that test. He pulled Israel out of Egypt. That word Egypt means the world. See, sometimes you got to come out of your Egypt. He pulled them out of the world. He give them a land that was already occupied And he said, go take it back. See, he gave them a land that was already occupied and he spoke into their lives and he said, go take it back. It was that moment when they went out into the wilderness that they grumbled and grinded and complained. And one part of it was the Bible said that they started gripping against Moses and against God. Let me tell you something. When you start griping about the preacher, You're standing on dangerous ground anyway. And when you're griping about what God's doing, you're griping about the preacher, you're griping about the ministry and all those things. And the Bible said that they begin to murmur and gripe and complain. And so the Bible said that God, God, the Bible said that God, he sent fiery serpents upon their lives. Listen to me. That word sent in the Greek doesn't mean that God just picked them up and handed them to him. It means he removed his hand off of their lives. And the that was already around them They had full fledged rights To come in and to bite them And the Bible said that some died Because of the snake bit I, I'm telling you right now I, I want you to know that Every devil is not sent into your life to possess you But some devils are sent just to bite you They want to infect you They want to make you sick And there were some people in here You've been bitten already And it's frustrating And you don't know what else to do It's because when you fight Find yourself in a place where you're always questioning God and grappling about what God is doing. My God, somebody hear me. It's not the president of the United States that is running this world. I'm telling you right now, he's making a mess of it. But it's the church that needs to stand back up and take their rightful place and know they got victory. This is a time where America needs God. At one time, America thought they didn't need God. At one time when they thought they didn't need God, uh, prayer got out of school, uh, now they're killing babies, uh, now they're making up all kinds of rules and regulations uh, where man can marry a man, a woman can marry a woman. Uh, praise God, somebody told me the other day, uh, said, uh, said, you better not be getting in church uh, and staying stuff like that, uh, or they'll come down and get you. Uh, honey, let me tell you something, uh, I got a God bigger than you are, uh, and I want you to know right now uh, that, uh, that the Bible says uh, that at the midnight hour uh, when si- Paul and Silas uh, begin to pray and get Praise! If the earthquake came and the jailhouse shook, praise God. That's where Elvis got his song. It's a jailhouse rock, and it rocked, honey. And I'm telling you right now, when God rocks the jailhouse, He'll move into your life. And when people sees what God's doing inside of your life, they'll want the same kind of victory you are. They don't want to be like you, and broke like you, and poor like you, and gripping like you. They want a lot that matters. They. Want a lot that when they get up every morning they can breathe and know that God is in control of it. Yeah. In the world we're looking at today, the church is in a sad mistake or sad place and mistake that the church has made is we had depended on what we could do ourselves because we think it's too hard any other way. God says, there's nothing too hard for me. Can you you just fathom that just for a minute? God says, there is nothing. Nothing. See, man will have problems. (laughs) God don't have a problem. He's never had a problem. The problem with the church is, it's getting quiet as we come up with our own rules, our own handbook, our own textbook. And we have literally gotten to the place to where we've been so stuck on ourselves that the move of God is waiting on the moans and the groans of earth. And when earth begins to moan and when earth begins to groan underneath that unction of God, I'm telling you right now, there will be a rumble like there never has been before. But God's already put a victory upon your shoulders and God's already told you that everything you put your foot to, it can be done. But the church has got to stand up and start walking again. We got to start walking again. He says, I want you to go into battle. This is what he said. He said, before you get to the battle, I want the priest to go to the people and talk to them. Listen, that's why we have screaming preachers like me. See, used to... Almost every church had a screaming preacher. I'm, I'm, I mean I'm just I don't, I'm just cut from a different thing I guess I don't know. We have got to know that God knew what was going to happen in 2020 and he knew who was going to live through it. he knew who was living, he knew who was going to fight through it and God knew the church he was raising up. Here's what everybody says. Well, I don't know what them politicians got, but they knew this gonna happen a long time ago. So did God. You think that God didn't look down? I'm telling you right now, he has handpicked some of his greatest soldiers in this season right here. He has handpicked some of his greatest soldiers in this right here. Nobody ever seen John the Baptist coming because he didn't go to the temple and hang out with them and play softball with them and have pizza dinners with them. No, honey. No, they never seen him coming because he come from the wilderness. I need to tell somebody that God's got a wilderness church. I need to tell somebody John the Baptist didn't look like any other preacher they saw. All the rest of the preachers had their fancy robes and they stood in church. And the Bible said that, 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 that he he wild honey and locusts. When he come up out of the wilderness, honey, he had dirt. Dirty toenails, dirty fingernails. His hair looked like Polly's. Praise God! It was just, sometimes he'd get it caught in creepers and wheels and doors and everything. I mean, his hair was a mess. Praise God! But when he come out, he come out speaking the truth. And I'm telling you right now, this world is not looking for a manicured preacher. It's looking for the Word of God to be spoken and to become truth. But the church has fallen into the looks and what I look like, what I sound like. But God's looking. For the wilderness preachers He's handpicked you Right out of that prison Right out of that drug house He's handpicked you Right out of that cancer treatment He's handpicked you Right out of that COVID room He's handpicked you And he's pulled you through He's pulled you through When you should have lost your mind But my God He sees victory inside your life Somebody stand at your feet And give him a crazy praise <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh God, if you can sweat in this icebox, you must be preaching. Pastor and come to the piano, please. Listen. Listen, 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 listen. That thing that you're going through right now. It's not the thing that's determining you. It's that tenacity. That bulldog. Grab a hold of it like a bulldog. And don't turn loose. Those people in your life that needs Jesus. And you thought they found him one day. And then they relapsed. Then you put them in another program. And then they relapsed again. Then you put him on another program. And now you gotten hard and you got calloused and then you're thinking, well, it ain't gonna do no good. Every time they say they're gonna do it, they don't do nothing but lie. So now the enemy has got you into thinking God can't do it. And our mind goes to wondering. And so now the church wants to handpick people to look like them. You know what I like about Life Changers Church? Somebody say what? Let me see y'all still here. We are the kind of church that we want to see God move. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what kind of car you drive. Listen to me. I don't even care if you give money in the offering. That's not my job. If I was worried about all of that, honey, I'd go to Dallas, Texas and start a church. There's some rich people down there. Listen, I'm here because God called me here. I'm here because it is victory time. Now, don't get me wrong. If you don't give, you don't get blessed. That's on you. I cannot cannot make you be blessed by going and getting your wallet and pulling out money. (laughs) I'd bless some of you, all right. But it's not about that. It's about seeing lives transformed. I mean, I'm looking for that day to where I had to preach twice on Sundays. Somebody said, would you build another building? No. I said right down here on Broadway. They tried to get, they tried to run me out. Matter of fact, they started a petition before we ever got, went to 300 business people and said, we got to make sure there's no church comes on Broadway. And when somebody come and told me that they did that, the first thing I done was, well, there we go. Ain't going to do it now. I had to set through two board meetings and every board meeting I sat through was 100% approved. They said our plans for Pittsburgh, Kansas, we're going to build an entertainment district. And from that road that you're on, on up, we're going to have bars, and we're going to have dances, and we're going to have all this. But if you come there, we won't be able to sell alcohol within 200 feet because I have to zone it as a church, and, and we don't need another church in Pittsburgh, why don't you go outside of town? And I said, because I'm doing what God told me to do. Let me tell you something. We went from a clothes cleaner to a life cleaner. I'm telling you right now, they used to clean clothes, now we clean lives. Right here in this same building. And in 1984, they said that one of the biggest tent revivals that ever hit Pittsburgh, Kansas, was right here on this lot when there was nothing built and souls begin to get saved. And they told me, that the preacher that came here prophesied and said that this land will be the land that God will put his hand on and the greatest revival will come from this land. I'm here to tell the devil hello, hello I've been chosen, I got victory. I didn't choose Pittsburgh Pittsburgh chose me and God put me, he's put you and we gotta understand we got victory. Stand to your feet all over this building, just for a minute. How you see the season will determine what you receive from it. How you see the season will determine what you receive from it. Every head bowed. Just give us just a minute here.